0: You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. This is Angie and I am with Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello, Mark. Hello, Angie. Today, we are continuing our discussion on a transformed life. And I want to talk today about the words born again, because sometimes we can get tripped up over these two little words. So can we dig into that today, Mark?
1: Yeah, we can. And I'm excited to, to be honest with you, Angie, because for one thing, you know, when we talk through and lead people through the gospel when we're out uh, out sharing the gospel on the streets you know the last verse uh tab number five the green uh, we talk about being saved and i guess they're synonymous really being born again being saved that's synonymous but today we're gonna get into first corinthians chapter 15 and i think this really kind of spells out what it looks like uh, of being born again or being saved versus just being born into the flesh
0: so can I can I stop before we really dig into it? I want to talk about two things. First okay. of all, why is why is the two words born again such a hang up? Now, I know my family is Catholic and they've kind of put a bad connotation to the words born again. They call us, you know, the born agains. Right. Like as if we're different than they are, which it's not really from our point of view. So why is it such a Big word. Why does it make such a big difference?
1: Well, it's kind of like anything, to be honest with you, Angie. It's if you don't understand something, then, and if you think about this as children, things that children don't understand, they laugh and make fun at. Mm. Think about that. And then we kind of carry that into if if there's something that we don't understand or we don't really see or know, then we just don't understand it. And so we don't accept it if we don't understand it. That's just kind of the way most humans are wired.
0: Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, before you get into 1 Corinthians, can we talk about the Corinthian church? Because yeah. I think we need to talk about the context of why Paul is talking to them.
1: Yeah, and so the, the Corinthian church was, uh, is it safe to call them mutts? I would, a mutt is a very good way of saying it. You see what I'm saying? Like I they say were a hodgepodge. A, yeah, a hodgepodge of way different people from a lot of different backgrounds.
0: And that is because of their location, correct? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so because of where they were they they were uh, a lot of different types of people were attracted there, but they were people that um, have struggled with all different types of struggles in their lives. And now they are a church, if you will, and just a kind of a, a broad mixture of different teachings, different backgrounds, different, if you will, even religions really that they came out of. So a whole bunch of different beliefs and Paul had uh, quite a chore To actually try to bring them together and teach them the gospel. My goodness, it
0: sounds like the modern church. I think there's a lot we can learn about this, (laughs) about bringing different thoughts and cultures together in the modern church.
1: Yeah, certainly not any different than what we experience today. So uh, again, first Corinthians 15 and we're going to start with verse 42 and it's Paul talking about actually the resurrection and it starts. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body and it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Verse 45, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So again, he's showing us the difference between the body and the spirit. There Mm. is definitely a, a difference here. And verse 46, he continues, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward, the spiritual. So it's also illustrating here about being born again. So the natural comes first, being born, okay, is the natural part. And that comes first. And he's saying, then afterward, the spiritual, that's when you become Born Born again. again. Yeah. And so the first man was of the earth made of dust. And the second man is of the Lord from heaven, as was this man of dust. So also are those who are made of dust. That's you and me, Angie. (laughs) And as is the (laughs) heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as ye have been born in the image of the man of dust we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. So we are that as well. Right. We (laughs) are both. Right. That's so true. And finally, in verse 50, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption.
0: I need you to break this down into layman's terms for me. So what you're saying, and let me try to paraphrase what you're saying, and you can tell me (laughs) if I'm wrong, but what you're saying is we're born of flesh, and that is a, a regular birth, a normal birth, that we are born of a woman, and we become the person that we are. But then there's a spiritual side, and so we need to find that spiritual rebirth,
1: correct? Yes, that's absolutely right. So we have to go all the way back to Genesis to understand this, Angie. And if you think about this, when, when God said to Adam and Eve, you know, you can eat of any tree of the garden, except this one, because if you partake of this one, you shall surely die. Okay. Now, when Eve partook of that first, did she drop over? No. No. She didn't. So, but, what was the death that she was dealing with? Exactly right. So it wasn't the natural death; it was, it was a spiritual, spiritual death. death. You see oh, what I'm because
0: they were they were walking with God. They were they were living in a perfect society. Kind of like what heaven's going to be for us someday, right?
1: Absolutely. Ah. And so did God lie when he said, in that day, you shall surely die? No, he didn't lie. Mm. But it's it's not a natural death that she experienced. It's the spiritual death. And so from that point forward, we're all born into corruption, into sin.
0: Wow. That's and pretty we must
1: deep. be born again. That spiritual person must be born
0: So being born again, you're basically saying it's just making that decision to live by the Spirit, to accept Christ, really. And so there's not a huge difference. So this is not something that has to do with our denomination or our religion. It's all about whether we commit our lives to Christ.
1: That's absolutely right. So you are born again when you ask Christ to be Lord and Savior.
0: So anybody who makes that choice is a born again.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we
0: can call us all
1: that way. <laughs> yeah. And again, I'll just go back to tab number five, the green, you know, it says that if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And that basically is the same term as being born again.
0: Okay. So then let's take it the next step. We talked about the physical birth and then we talked about the spiritual birth. How does that change things for us in the end?
1: So in the end, those, uh, I think verse 50 kind of summed it up there. It says that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So our bodies die. Yes. And they cannot go to heaven. Mm. And it says, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. What's in corruption, Angie? You said it, heaven. Mm. There's no corruption in heaven whatsoever. So our corrupt bodies, if you will, cannot inherit the kingdom of God or heaven, but... Our born again spirit is what goes into heaven.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So that's where we get the eternal life. That's it. So it's not like we are transported in bodily form to heaven and live with Jesus like that. It's a complete, probably we can't even imagine it, I'm assuming.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) It's a mystery. But
0: I guess we need to talk about the soul. So how does the soul fit into this whole conversation? Because
1: it's our soul, correct? It is. We're a spirit man. Who has a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, your own personal will, and your emotions. Those are housed in your soul. Okay. Your mind, will, and emotions. Of course, your body then is your body. So it's our spirit man, okay, our spirit man, who is really actually who we are. Who we are is our spirit person, our spirit man. And that is what inherits heaven.
0: Okay. And then the last thing I want to draw out of you is the benefits of living by the spirit as Mm -hmm.
1: opposed to living by the body. I love that because Paul teaches us that uh, it's the spirit who gives life, like the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Okay. So it's our spirit that if we live by the spirit, we will not sin unto death.
0: And that's a distinction. Sin unto death. We're still sinners in the body. Yes. That's the difference.
1: It is. Our (laughs) (laughs) spirits are saved. Getting kind
0: of deep in here. I'm trying to understand all this. It's very good, though. I mean, this is is really the basis for understanding our our future and our identity, because that's something that we're going to talk about in the future is our identity. And this really plays into it.
1: It does, Angie. So uh, let me let me go one more quick look at John chapter three, where Jesus himself talks about being born again, because, again, uh, some people can do this and they do. Well, yeah, first Corinthians 15, that was Paul. Okay, but listen, Jesus talked about it as well. And I'm looking at the third chapter of John, starting in verse three, "'Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, "'Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, "'he cannot see the kingdom of God.'" Two more verses quickly. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? Same question we ask all the time. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. How can we how can we be born again? You know? And so verse five, Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God.
0: And now reading out of 1 Corinthians 15, that makes a whole lot of sense. A
1: whole lot more sense. It really really brings it back together. And again, these are the words of Jesus. So if Jesus said you must be born again, we have to believe it.
0: (laughs) All right. And then again, as we move through the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about our identity. So this is kind of the basis of our identity and what does it mean to have this identity as a person born of the spirit. And so we're going to continue talking about that, as I said, in the future weeks, Mark, the scripture we covered today was first Corinthians 15 verses 42 through 50. I think people should continue to dig into this because there's just, this is just rich, beautiful stuff that we should learn from God. Amen. I encourage you to continue reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and explore what God in the Word is saying to you. We're going to move over to our testimony now.
1: Hello, this is Mark Byrd with Time to Revive, and today I'm back in the studio with Pastor Nate Wilcoxon, and we have been talking about transformed lives and, and what a transformed life actually looks like, and it would be, we talked about this last week, it would be evident to those around you. It would be evident to your family. It would be evident to people outside of church on Sunday that it would be actually evident throughout the week and throughout your life. Nate thanks so much for being in the studio with us today
2: thank you for having me
0: I want to know how to take this and make it really practical we talk about a person who is born again and we encourage people to accept Christ and to be born again and they make that commitment but how do we really know that they're making that commitment you talked about the fruit of the spirit but then again We have people who claim to be Christians that still need to be ministered to, and they still need to be, uh, I guess, nurtured. So how can we practically nurture people no matter where they are in life?
2: I would say, first of all, it comes through discipleship. And sometimes some people think that's putting someone in a room and going through a book. Other people will say, imitate me for I imitate Christ, just like the Apostle Paul said, so on a daily walk or on a Wednesday night, whatever you guys do in the community, it could be like Revive Ohio. That is basically, that alone is, is walking that out so people can see what that looks like. The Bible is clear about this. You know, a lot of people say that they believe. Well, the Bible says that, that, you know, that even the demons in hell believe and they shudder. So at the end of the day, we have to come to the realization when you make that commitment and someone gets saved, they get born again that there will be a new spirit within them, and they are going to walk this out. Now, in 1 Corinthians, um, in the third chapter, it it talks about babes in Christ. So we have to be subject to know and understand when a newborn is a baby in around 9, 10, 11 months, it starts to go from crawling to walking, and that baby's going to fall down, and the mother's going to pick it back up. And, And as a babe in Christ, when someone gets born again, you know we're going to we need to be there as leaders in the church to to be there for that brother or that sister in Christ who's who's a babe in Christ who is who is on milk and not meat that we have to be there and because they might not know they don't know all things yet and and we have to be there to help them up when, when, they, when they fall down or, or the world comes crashing down on them. A lot of times when people get born again and they get saved, the very next day and that next week can be Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And they used to be Satan's puppet, and he would pull a string and they would move. And now now they, they surrendered that to Jesus, and, and now they want to walk with Christ. And so with that... We have to be true evidence of walking it out ourselves before we can help somebody else walk that out. And so with that, you know, the the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians in the second chapter, it says the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, But such a person is not subject to just merely human judgments for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. And it's through that mind of Christ that we know who Jesus is by his word and the word and the spirit go hand in hand. They always will agree. And with that, we have to take somebody. And and it's not just what we say, but thus saith the Lord says this, that we are to walk this out. You know, so let's just say someone's gossiping, slandering, and backbiting. The Bible calls that sin. And so when someone's doing that, we have to go up to them in a loving way and say, Hey, brother, you know, we need to talk and and you do that the best way you can in love and, and show him where it shows that in the scriptures. The apostle Paul says in the seventh chapter, he says, You know, for I wouldn't know what it was to covet until the law was established. And when the law was established, sin was born, thou shalt not covet. And so as a, as a young person, I don't care if this young born-again babe is 60 years old, as soon as he's been shown that, hey, this is the way that we have to walk, then he's responsible for what he's been shown, not just because we said it, but we, we said it and then we line that up with what the Word of God says. And then it's it's up to him to be able to walk that out.
0: I think that it goes back to also grace. We have to have grace for each other. And, you know, we talk about the born again person and, and I know I can think of example after example of people that I know who truly love the Lord and they're still walking it out. And even myself included, I've been a Christian for many years and I still (laughs) learn things every single day. And so practically, would you agree that we need to continue to just love and teach each other and, and to seek the Lord together. Isn't that part of our mission and our and putting this to practice?
2: Yes, amen. That is being the body of Christ is loving one another and coming to them. And yes, we have to extend grace and mercy. The Bible says that mercy trumps judgment. Mm. And And so with that, when we are walking with other brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what their walk is, where it's at, we have to do that in a loving way, and as Jesus was meeting the woman at the Samaria, at the well, you know, it's a ama- it just amazes me. It's one of my favorite stories that you want to see some grace. Look how Jesus met her, and he met her at the well. And I, I refer that to people like, have you met anyone at the well today? Because Jesus didn't condemn her. Jesus didn't bite her head off. Jesus didn't expose her sin. All Jesus said that even comes close, he says, what you said was true, you've had five husbands. Hmm. And and he he was doing something so awesome right there that she left her pot and ran away and told the whole city about Jesus. In that, he extended grace. Matter of fact, he extended so much love and grace that his disciples could not even handle that. So he had to send them to community market to be able to do what he did So the question is, can we walk like Jesus walked right there and speaking to the woman at the well? Or do we have to do we have to be so judgmental in a way? You know, the Holy Spirit should give us words to be able to speak to somebody, even if their walks looking a little different. If you love somebody, you will hold them accountable. And just as we love our kids, we will discipline our kids. The Bible says in in, and I believe it's Hebrews 12th chapter that that God will discipline us. He will chastise us just like an earthly father chastises his children. And so with that, wherever there's grace, mercy and love, there will come uh, a judgment. But it's a righteous judgment. It's a judgment that comes from the word and, and it comes from love, actually. And uh, so I would encourage people to speak when the Holy Spirit tells you to speak. And when he tells you to keep your mouth shut, keep it shut. A lot of times people are talking and they just need to be silent. If the Holy Spirit, Jesus said this, what the Father says is what I say. And Jesus is a representation of what we are to be here now. And so when the, when the Holy Spirit says, speak these words, then we're to speak these words. And so if self comes out and starts to speak, you could actually hurt somebody. And when you become a stumbling block to another brother or sister, that is not good. Jesus actually rebukes and says, you know, you might as well tie yourself around a millstone and throw yourself in the sea. But at the same time, as soon as I said that, I just also want you to know, too, the cross is offensive and it requires a decision to be made. Jesus doesn't just want a little bit of you. He wants all of you. He wants 100 percent of you. The new babe in Christ might not be right there at that right moment, but they know without a shadow of a doubt, they felt something prick their hearts and they took care of it. And they went to the foot of the cross and asked for forgiveness and asked Jesus Christ to come and rule and reign in their life. And they repent of their sin and repentance too. By the way, a lot of times you don't even hear that word repent, but Peter on the first day, on the the day of Pentecost, it produced purity, power, and preachers, man. And in that, he says, repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. In 2018, that's what the West Liberty Church of God, we took that motto. We took down the traditions. We took all these things down the clocks and said, repent, just repent, just get over yourself, stop sinning and just repent and be baptized. And, you know, we had over 120 people get baptized last year and And lives are being transformed and people getting saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit to be able to walk out this life of Christ. So with all that being said, it is through his love that we could do any of this. And it's through his love on the cross that we are where we are today. And like I said earlier, the closer we come to Jesus, the closer we come to Jesus, he will say, Angie, I see this little place I need to chisel out of you. And it will be that place. And he, he'll do it to Brother Wilcoxon, too. He'll say, hey, Nate, there's this thing. You're ready for it now because you are where you are. And I know I can take my hammer and chisel. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to chisel it right out of you. And and the closer we come to Jesus, we come closer to that fire. He will reveal all things. He will remove all the dross, all the decay, all the junk and the funk. And he'll say, let me take that from you. And then we just have to submit to that.
0: Pastor Nate, what if someone doesn't necessarily know or feel like they have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit? They have been born again, but they've never really grasped onto the concept of who the Holy Spirit is. How can we practically encourage someone to get to know Holy Spirit?
2: Well, the first thing I would say is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Word are going to line up with each other. And so if someone's been born again and they're saved, but yet they're illiterate in the sense of reading their Bible, like, and they're not reading the word of God, they're going to have a hard time walking anything out because they don't know the life of Jesus. So when you see the Holy Spirit in in the New Testament and you see that on the lives of the disciples and you see it just like as we speaking of, of Peter, when all this lines up and someone questions do i do i know i have the holy spirit if they're reading their bibles and they look at themselves in the mirror and they're real with themselves they're going to know if they're walking like jesus if they're being carnal worldly fleshly whatever terminology you want to use they will know that they're walking that out i can remember the day that i would blow up on people had a, a short fuse a temper i'd wrap somebody's lips behind their ears when i was younger so at the end of the day, if you're walking in the flesh, you will know about it. I mean, you'll be cussing, you be you you you'll have road rage. You there won't be no peace. There won't be no joy. You'll be worrying about what this person said and that person said. But boy, I'll tell you what, when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of a person, and he, he lives inside of you. It's just like I said, the information becomes transformation. You, the information is what the Holy Word says about the saint of God. And so when we when we read that and say, uh, that's who I'm supposed to be, uh, Jesus is, is our representation of what that looks like. If we do not look like Jesus, then who do you think we look like? Satan. And so nobody wants to hear that. People want to be so close to the world and still be saved and be a Christian and be a believer. And, and uh, you know, everybody says, I believe. and But at the end of the day, are you walking like Jesus? So that to me is the encouragement that someone needs. I would tell them to get closer to Jesus. Matter of fact, I had someone this morning already reaching out to me about this, basically the same thing. When it gets right down to it. Do you think the Holy Spirit of God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will take his abode in you and you not know it?
0: That's a really great question. No, I think it when you know when the Holy Spirit is on you, right? Yes, ma'am. because you you're transformed. I mean, it's going back to everything that we just said, right? Mark, would you agree?
1: I so agree. (laughs) That is the evidence right there. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. That nailed it on. the. That's a great place to stop. Actually. That's
1: fantastic. Thanks again, Nate, for joining us today in the studio and sharing your heart with us and uh, helping to show people that Jesus is alive. He loves them. And we have to tell. I'm Mark Bird, and you've been listening to Time to Revive here on Shine FM.
0: Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com.
2: We're community-supported Shine FM.